Every week, I'm asked the question, when are we going to open again? And my response is, we never closed. That's just a reminder that the mission of Jesus moves forward even when we're unable to gather together physically. Because we don't go to church, we are the church. But I know what you mean when you ask that question. When are we going to physically meet on our campus locations? And our hope is that at some point later in the summer, we will be able to resume live services. As we've said, that we don't want to do that until it can be a safe environment for everyone who tends the crossing, including our kids. The best way to get the latest information is through my weekly church-wide email. If you don't get that, you can sign up on the front page of our website, thecrossinglv.com. And let me just take a minute to brag on our staff. I've talked to several of my pastor friends in other churches that said that there's not as much for their staff to do during the lockdown. Well, that is not the case for us. As soon as the pandemic hit, our production staff started working around the clock to get everything online. Our small groups quickly shifted to do online life groups. We moved Crossing Recovery and Student Ministry online. Our staff started working with our partners in town, helping them to serve and to meet their needs. Our young adults have been calling every senior adult in our church on a regular basis to see how we can serve them. Our staff has been working harder than ever before during a very challenging time. So if you happen to talk to any of them, would you just thank them for all of their hard work? That would mean a lot to them, and that would mean a lot to me as your pastor as well. Well, the other day, I was driving on the highway, and the traffic came to a crawl. And after about 10 minutes, we get to the front of the traffic jam, and we noticed that there was a fender bender on the other side of the highway. So everyone in our direction had to stop just so they could see what was going on. And that just got me thinking, what makes you stop? Because here's the thing, we're busy people. Aren't you busy? Even in this stay-at-home environment, I find that I'm busy. And if you're like me, I always have someplace to go. I have meetings to attend, errands to run, appointments to make. And if anything slows me down, I get a little irritated. You can just ask my wife. So what is it that will cause you to slow down? What makes you stop and take notice? Because if we aren't careful, we will be moving so fast that we will miss the very thing that God is trying to use to get our attention. Is it possible that God is trying to get our attention during this season we're in right now? Well, we've been walking through the life of Jesus in this series that we've called Marked. That there is no one who was busier than Jesus. There's no one who's ever had a more important mission than Jesus. But Jesus was never too busy to stop. He never missed the opportunity to be fully present in the lives of the people who were all around him. He stopped to have conversations. He stopped to meet needs. He stopped to show compassion and care for them. Well, let me give you a little context for our story today. 
that most of Jesus' ministry, it happened up here around the Sea of Galilee. This is where most of his miracles happened. This is where most of his teaching happened as well. But from this point on, Jesus is going to make his way down to Jerusalem. That this isn't just about a destination. This is about a destiny. That Jesus has just told his disciples three times now that when they get to Jerusalem, that he will be arrested and mocked, spit upon, flogged, and crucified. And then three days later, he will rise again. And it's right after this conversation that two of his disciples, James and John, say, well, we don't know what all that spitting and flogging is about, but when you become the king, can we be the second and third most powerful people in your kingdom? And Jesus will tell his disciples, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give my life a ransom for many. Well, as Jesus starts traveling to Jerusalem, that he will go, he's going there for Passover and he will pass through Jericho. Jericho is about 15 miles away from Jerusalem. And King Herod actually built a winter palace in Jericho. And this was the last major stop from anyone who was traveling throughout this region who was going to Jerusalem. It would be the last stop they would make. And this is where today's encounter takes place. So we're going to pick up our story in Mark chapter 10, beginning in verse 46. It says, Then they came to Jericho, as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd. Now, there's Three groups of people who would always follow Jesus. First, of course, there's the 12 disciples. And then there are other followers. These are the people who believed in Jesus. These are the people who followed Jesus, took care of his needs. And then there were the crowds. This is hundreds, sometimes thousands of people who would come to hear Jesus. And Peter tells Mark that this particular time, it was a large crowd, that thousands of people are traveling from Jerusalem. And so all of these people are coming together. And it says that together with a large crowd, they were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. This would not have been unusual in that day to see somebody begging. If you were an adult with a disability, there was no safety net. There were no jobs available. So the only way to support yourself would be to beg. And beyond that, there was this stigma attached to any sort of disability. It was interpreted that you were being punished for something that you had done. Do you remember the story in, in John chapter 9 of that blind man? The disciples asked Jesus, who sinned, this man or his parents? And Jesus said, neither, neither. But that was the belief in that day, is that somebody had sinned. But this didn't stop blind Bartimaeus from calling out to Jesus. It says, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. After all, Jesus is an important rabbi. He's got important things to do, both of which are true. But that isn't going to stop 
Bartimaeus. He just shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus was in a hurry to get to Jerusalem. But when he heard this blind man yelling his name, it says that Jesus stopped. That he stopped to illustrate his message. He stopped to illustrate what his kingdom would be like. He stopped to illustrate this upside down kingdom where the people with power and resources use their power and resources for those who have less power and fewer resources. Think about this. Jesus is on his way to his most important appointment. This is so convicting for me because we're busy people. But Jesus was never too busy to be interrupted by the needs around him. It was the divine interruptions that Jesus was open to. And so I have to ask myself, am I open to divine interruptions? Are you open to divine interruptions? Sometimes following Jesus requires stopping. Sometimes following requires stopping. Let me just, let me just pause here for just a minute. Because this pandemic has been a huge interruption in all of our lives. All of our lives have been interrupted. Jobs have been interrupted. School, vacations, incomes, all interrupted. And every interruption can either get in our way or it can show the way of Jesus. Let me just share a few stories with you. A few weeks ago, we had a group of volunteers at the crossing provide dinners for our first responders. And one of our nurses at the crossing who works in a COVID unit is the main breadwinner for her family because her husband has cancer. Our volunteers worked above and beyond to work around their schedule to deliver a meal from Olive Garden because sometimes following Jesus requires stopping. Over 50 students who live in Prim depended on meals at school every day to provide for their basic necessities. So when the shutdown happened, not only were most of the jobs gone in Prim, but these students and families were 30 miles away from much needed food. So we had some teachers at the church who loaded up food and supplies, drove it to Prim to serve these families. Because sometimes following requires stopping. One of our partners, Family Promise, they provide housing for homeless families. These families stay at churches across the valley a week at a time until they can get the families back into sustainable housing. Well, when the pandemic hit, churches closed their doors, but not the crossing. Midtown was opened up for these families who stayed there for six weeks to help get them back on their feet because following requires stopping. When Casa de Luz was unable to distribute food because they lost their volunteers, it was the staff and volunteers from the crossing who stepped in to make sure that those on the margins had the food they needed. Following 
often means stopping. It is having your eyes open to recognize divine interruptions. I believe that the unrest going on in our country right now is an invitation to stop, to seek to listen and understand, to engage in the conversation with someone who is not like us, to seek to bring peace and unity in the name of Jesus because following Jesus requires that we stop and we show the love of Jesus. Well, it goes on. And it says that Jesus stopped and he said, call him. So they called the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and he came to Jesus. Can't you just picture this in your mind? Blind Bartimaeus, he jumps to his feet and he comes to Jesus. And then Jesus asks him a question that I think is intended more for, for those who are witnessing what's happening to Bartimaeus than for Bartimaeus himself. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. What a day for Bartimaeus. We don't know if he was born blind or if something happened to him that caused him to lose his sight. He just responds, I want to see. Can you imagine this moment? He is desperate. And he knows that the only chance that he will ever have of seeing again is through Jesus. And somebody as important as Jesus actually stops. And he asks what he can do for him. Bartimaeus just says, I, I want to see. Jesus says, go, your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus along the road. Jesus was never too busy to meet people right where they were. He was never too busy to be interrupted by the needs of others. When you choose to follow Jesus, he will lead you in that same direction. Jesus asked a question that if you will stop and ask the same question, it could change everything for you. And it's just this simple question. What can I do to help you? What can I do to help you? I was reading an article this week. I think it came out of USA Today or something like that. But he was talking about how we're all trying to navigate these Zoom meetings that we find ourselves on. Because dealing with our struggles, if it wasn't hard enough, everything is just harder right now. And one of the things that's hard is trying to do all of these video conference calls. And what we tend to do is we ask people, so how are you doing? And that's not a bad question. In fact, if you're willing to listen, it can be a really good question. But here's what often happens. When you ask, how are you doing? We just tend to say, fine. Yeah, not bad. I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good. Sometimes we'll say, you know, I'm not doing so well. They said in this article that the more powerful question besides how are you doing, and I'm going to put these just in the words of Jesus, it was this, what can I do to help you? See, as a leader, 
I'm accustomed to people asking me this question. But if you're going to lead like Jesus, if I'm going to lead like Jesus, then I must be the one to ask the question. Because this is the question that Jesus asked. What can I do to help you? How can I leverage whatever power and resources I have for your benefit? If you're a parent, it's been hard being a parent in this season. But these past few months have been tough on your kids as well. They've been trying to do schoolwork from home. Sports have been canceled. Many have missed a graduation or an important milestone. What if in the next week, you just said to your kids, what can I do to help you? And see what begins to happen in the dynamic of your relationship. Maybe you have a spouse and things have been stressful. You're both wondering how you're gonna make ends meet with only a partial income. Perhaps you were struggling before this and so now you're really struggling. How could this question change the dynamic? What can I do to help you? Maybe you're single and you're struggling and you wish someone would ask this question of you. But maybe God is asking you to ask this question of someone else. What can I do to help you? Maybe you're trying to know how to respond to the racial tensions that are going on right now. This question has the potential to completely change, maybe not the world, but it could change your world. What can I do to help you? How can I leverage my power and resources for your benefit? I ran across this quote by Ian Watson this week, and this was a quote that actually he wrote over 20 years ago. Look what he says. He says, we live in a contaminated planet. It is contaminated on every level. It should have been quarantined from heaven. No reasonable God would go near it with a 10-foot pole. But Jesus is no reasonable God. He became a human being and took on your uncleanness and mine. But instead of the world infecting him, he infected the world. With his immaculate infection, it is still spreading. Jesus stepped into our world, a world that is infected with all kinds of problems. Jesus stepped into our world to bring reconciliation. Reconciliation between us and God and reconciliation between us and one another. And for some of you, you have just, you've just been damaged by life and you feel hopeless. And Jesus comes to you and he invites you to follow him, to surrender your life to him. Because the only way to find life is when you surrender your life to Jesus. What divine interruptions are in front of you right now? Where is God trying to get your attention? I wanna pray for you. And I wanted to spend just a little bit of time praying together. But I just wanna ask you, is there a step of faith that God is calling you 
too. And an area that God is calling you to stop to be interrupted. Perhaps you've been watching online for a while, but you have never given your life to Jesus. We want to help you take your next step with Jesus. We want to help you take this next step of becoming a follower of Jesus because I'm telling you, until you choose to follow Jesus, you don't know what real life is all about. And so we want to come alongside you and we want to help you. And over these next few weeks, we're trying to figure out how we can safely do baptisms and to help you take your next step with Jesus. So I just want to ask you just to bow your heads and we're going to pray together. And I want to pray for you. Just pray for our hearts and what God is doing in us. Let's pray right now. God, we come to you in a world that just feels contaminated by so many things. And Jesus didn't avoid it. He stepped into it. And Jesus brought reconciliation between us and you. He died on the cross. God, I just believe that there are some who are ready to surrender their lives to Jesus right now. That maybe they have a story of why they have always resisted you, but they are ready. And today's their day. God, there's others who, who have been hurt by just the tensions and the violence that's going on in our city and around our country. God, would you be the God of peace? Would you bring reconciliation to us together between each other? God, as Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, but I have come to bring peace. I've come to overcome this world. And so God, would you just do your work in us today? We submit to you and we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.